0: Hey, it's Will Lockamy. You know me as a guy that makes really bad jokes along with my brother on the Paul Feinbaum Show. Luckily, you're not listening to that. You're listening to the Stingray and Tuck Show only on StingrayandTuckShow.com.
1: The Warriors took a commanding 3-1 lead on the Cavs, and everyone thought the series was over until the Cavaliers were able to steal Game 5 out in Oakland last night. We will definitely get in there and discuss all of that. And continue to look forward to Game 6 on Thursday night. Plus, we will also talk about the meltdown in Starkville and the Super Regional over the weekend. Plus, there was more trouble in Starkville with an assistant coach getting arrested. We will talk to Ben Waite on the subject on today's show. That and a whole lot more coming up on this edition of the Stingray and Tuck Show that only can be found at StingrayandTuckShow.com. Good afternoon, guys, and thank you for tuning into to another exciting edition of the Stingray and Tuck Show. Wherever you are in the southeast, we hope that you are staying cool because it is excessively hot outside. And, you know, looking at the calendar, it is June, but you would think it's August by stepping outside because it's just so darn hot.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, guys. Welcome in to the Stingray and Tuck Show uh, we have a very good show for you today. We also have an announcement um, that we should probably go ahead and let them know, shall we?
1: Absolutely. We are uh, going to finish up this show, and this will be our last show until July uh, the 11th, or around that time, uh, just due to the drop-off of no sports news to talk about other than, uh, say, Major League Baseball and, of course, golf and that's really not a big following down here in the South, so we are going to take a uh, short break from doing the show, but we are still going to have Facebook Live videos, um, and also we are going to have uh, polls on our Twitter account, and of course on Periscope, we are on all three of those, so make sure you check us out there, and of course don't forget to check out StingrayandTuckShow.com for the latest uh, articles as we get you ready for uh, college football here in the fall
2: of course of course we are gonna uh, obviously we will still be very active on social media our twitter page will definitely have daily and weekly polls for you to fill out we'll be doing some facebook live videos so you can post your questions as well as periscope uh, so definitely we are not going away we're, we're going away for a little while uh, but just in time for sec media day Stephen.
1: yes uh, that'll be wonderful which is July 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th, so we will be right there uh, to lead you through all the sound bites and all the hype and media that surrounds SEC Media Days.
2: Of course. All right, Stephen, let's get into in the news.
1: And I guess we ought to start with the most, uh, I guess, problematic issue here close to home, is that Mississippi State had another problem over the weekend as not only did their baseball team lose, we'll talk about that here in just a second, but also one of their football recruiting assistants got arrested for a DUI Saturday night after the baseball game. Man, I tell you what, this is one offseason that the Bulldog fans definitely want to forget. Of course, yeah. You know, uh, both teams in
2: Mississippi, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, have had some issues during this, this offseason. Really just ready to get to football season for what actually, uh, I'm not going to say what actually matters, but what what, uh, what people be more interested in. Um, but yeah, Mississippi State loses one to Arizona. Arizona comes back to defeat the Bulldogs, so now all three teams from Mississippi are now eliminated. Um, and so, Obviously, as well, uh, having Rob Gibson uh, arrested on a DUI um, assistant recruiting uh, from Mississippi State.
1: Yep, that just completely adds to a bad weekend for the Bulldogs.
2: Absolutely. And, uh, of course, Game 4 uh, of, the, of the Finals NBA Finals, Tyronn Lue uh, was fined for his comments on the referees, uh, which is usually just going to get you in trouble, so might as well not say anything about it. Uh, Stephen, if you had that option, if you were head coach in those shoes, and something didn't go your way, maybe you know at that point after game four they were down three mm-hmm. one, uh, would you say something about the refs or leave one?
1: I would probably say something about the refs because if you're making two, three, four, ten, twelve, fifteen million dollars, what's twenty five thousand to you really? Oh no, yeah, nothing. nothing at all. I mean, that's just a drop in the bucket, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and you know as a, as a um, as a coach would say you hit them pretty good right now and uh, who knows you may get the calls the next game absolutely yeah
2: um, and one one thing that I really wish we had uh, is the Stingray Tuck Show I wish we were up and running during National Signing Day which is really a fun day uh, I don't know if you guys are geeks of recruiting like uh, like I am but they it's just a fun time. Uh, and so it's a little bit of recruiting news. Uh, Ohio State Buckeyes are still piling on recruits. Uh, it, it was Tate Martell, the quarterback, uh, that committed to Ohio State, um, and they just continue, continue to build recruiting um, recruiting classes. Stingray, do you think between the two, when all when both careers are said and done, John Harbaugh has done great at recruiting in Michigan. Uh, Urban Myers has fantastic recruiting at Ohio State. Who will be the better recruiter once the full career is over, in your opinion? Nick Saban. Nick Saban. <laughs> but no. if, if you had to bring it out between those two. Also, remember, John Harbaugh got John Harbaugh
1: got Andrew Luck for Stanford too. I would say uh, Jim Harbaugh definitely. Overall, you think? Yes, you
2: think so? Mm-hmm. He's probably going to build something pretty special in Michigan. And of course, during the football season, we will have our Big Ten correspondent uh, to talk to about that, uh, and that'll be
1: that'll be really awesome. Um, also, in the news, um we need to talk about the Draymond Green situation because uh, the M- in, uh, NBA, I almost said NFL, but the <laughs> NBA uh, just came down. Uh, we apologize about that. You're supposed to turn your phone off. <laughs> so, uh, But anyway, uh, the NBA came down. Uh, A one-game suspension on Draymond Green for Game 5, which was last night. Now, uh, before we talk about Game 5, I want to ask you a quick question. Um, Was the Draymond Green situation and the suspension, should it have come earlier, do you think? I mean, should it have come after OKC and the situation with uh, that guy where he needs... uh pretty much need him in the in the growing privates whatever you want to say yeah um that's i think that,
2: that, that this entire process did the right thing i mean you know that that was pretty bad but the good news for Draymond Green is that he always does a little kick whenever he shoots i mean you you, you can see there's a lot of highlights people have kind of made i don't know why he does it I, I don't know if he's trying to you know for Competing in the Olympics or something, mm-hmm. but he always seems to do that little kick, and I, I don't know why. Right. Um, but I, I think they overall uh, did the best thing. Um, Steven, going forward, going forward, do you have a, uh, a pick for the College World Series now that
1: state's out, or is it just open field? No, I have no idea. I'm going actually Texas Tech. Texas Tech. So, you Wreckham know, yeah, uh, uh, uh,
2: uh, Tech. <laughs> That's right. The Red, Red Raiders look yep. very, very good. Um SEC man has been a shocker so far man that just really dropped off since the since the tournament started. States
1: out, Ole Miss is out, South Carolina's out, uh, LSU's out. Yeah, you know I it, mean it, you look at the SEC and you're going, you know, going into uh, coming out of the SEC tournament, and you're like, wow, so many teams could win the College World Series. Now you possibly could go into Omaha with either one or none in the field. I tell you what, man, stacking up against other competition outside, uh, we're pretty much soft right now.
2: Yeah, you and I talked about I talked about last week how State really legitimately had about, what, four four or five different teams that really could win it all. And it's just, uh-huh. just been a huge shock uh, thus far. But, hey, man, regular season, <laughs> we can always hang our hats man, on that.
1: Man, how bad must it have been – even though Mississippi State lost, how bad would it have been to be a Louisville Cardinal right now? Oh. In the ninth, if you hadn't seen it, in the ninth inning, up 3 nothing mm. with one out. one out. A grand slam with the bases loaded. You see Santa Barbara moves on to their first ever college world series four to three at Louisville. Yeah, that'll leave a bad taste Ooh, in your mouth, I tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, that that's a real shame
2: uh for Louisville. They've all but the thing is that with their softball and baseball, uh they have always been very, very competitive. So
1: And football too.
2: Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, they they have they are always seem like a fighting kind of school and
1: basketball too. Don't forget oh, that's
2: true. They're pretty talented at a lot <laughs> of things. That's that's, that's for sure. Um, and so that does hurt for Louisville, but good good for Santa Barbara, man. I hope they uh, hope they keep keep the momentum going. But there's a lot of teams. They might be the Cinderella in this right. in this bracket. And
1: man, Arizona, we saw them on Saturday, and uh, they they look like they they could take it all too.
2: Arizona's got, got some great players. They I've never seen a team. Professional or college, or well, more more college anything, but I have never seen a team that has a pitcher who is so unbelievable. The day before pitches throws 129 pitches, uh, strikes out a bunch of batters. The nine, not batters. The next day is is in the starting lineup for hitting for hitting the ball and uh, hits a home run. It's a home. I mean, the guys like the guys. The guys, amazing. wasn't even right. their best pitcher, but did great. Arizona's got a lot,
1: a lot of talent on that team. And Mississippi State was up five one in the eighth, lost it six five in the eleventh. A complete meltdown. And we will talk to Ben Waite of Mississippi State uh, beat rider for the uh, Commercial Dispatch. Uh, to uh, later today on the show to talk about the meltdown and get his thoughts about it.
2: You know, Stingray. I have a theory, though. I have a theory on why this happened. All right, let me. I want to paint you guys a picture. Okay. Steven and I, Stingray and I, were there at the game. All right, Stingray was there. He had the rally. Stingray, it was great. All right, and we and, and you know, state was winning, and you know, come the bottom of the eighth inning, uh, I you know, we're thinking, hey, let's beat traffic and get out of here. But the second Stingray left. Oh, man, it all went down. So, Stingray must be the lucky piece. I think that's that's what that is.
1: Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> I guess so, man. We never know, but uh, it's just a bad way to lose. But I do have a question for you, though. Yeah. Going back to the Louisville thing just for a second, which would be worse on you if you had to pick? All right, you're thrown in in a chance to go to Omaha with the bases loaded. And a pitcher down uh, up 3 nothing, and your first pitch is a grand slam, and you lose the World Series, or you lose your opportunity to go. Or, or your quarterback that comes in for an injured starter, and your first pass is a pick six that loses you the football game against your arch rival. Which one's worse?
2: Ooh, I'm going to go with your arch rival. And the reason is you'll never live it down because it was your arch rival. Uh, if it was any other team, just like the – I mean, at least in that pitcher situation, hey, man, they got to the Super Regional. You know, they're not a garbage yep. team. Obviously, if you play – if you're a pitcher for Louisville and you play that game, you're not a garbage player either. Right. So I'd say losing to your rival like that uh, is going to hurt very bad. We'll also play some What's More Likely uh, here in just a little while right. with Steven.
1: And I, I would have to say, uh, probably the uh, super regional would be worse for me. I think so? I do. Yeah, because that might be your only opportunity to ever go to Omaha. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty incredible. By the way, I've never
2: been to the city of. I've never been to Nebraska in general. Right. Uh, the city of Omaha. I wonder. If, you know, is it big?
1: Is it a big city? I'm not sure, but I will say this: uh, somebody. Uh, tweeted me from Nebraska the other night and said that they will really miss the Mississippi State uh, fan base because they were there last year, and the the fan base really, really travels for baseball. So uh, the people out in Omaha are really going to miss the state fans for not going out there this year. Well, that's cool. That's
2: a really nice thing for them to say. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, maybe – I would say maybe next year,
1: but – And plus, you know, we also had some – Coaching changes in baseball that has to deal with Mississippi State guys leaving to go to other schools.
2: Of course, yeah. Um, and obviously, with 10, no, no, pardon me, 11 11 players were drafted from Mississippi State. Unreal, unreal number, by the way. Only the second time ever Mississippi State has had double digit players drafted. Um, that's a lot of talent out the door. That is a lot of talent gone, and also three coaches left, including Nick Mangione. I hope I'm pronouncing that right left to be Kentucky's new head baseball coach. So good for him. Um, it's, it's just going to be kind of wild to see how State does next year. I mean, they, they really lose a lot. Um, obviously, they have Magnum still. That's great. They have some recruits. The tricky thing with baseball that no other, no other sport has is in football, if, if Alabama gets the number one overall recruit, he doesn't have to worry about that number one overall recruit going to the NFL immediately. He has to go to college. In high school baseball, if you recruit a great player – he can sign with you and then still go to the MLB draft because he's drafted. Very unique situation there. Uh, and so that's something Mississippi State actually in the past has had to deal with, even with some football players. Four-star quarterback Cord uh, Sandenberg, I believe his name was, uh, went and was drafted by the Padres and left. So, uh, Steven, what else you got?
1: Fletcher Cox, let's not forget, former Mississippi State player, Fletcher Cox signs a guaranteed $63 million contract over the next six years. And what is actually the the total number that he's going to get? $103 million. That is incredible. Plus, he's an ex-quarterback. I mean, he's not, he's not even a quarterback yeah. that's getting paid that.
2: That's true, man. He was dynamite. Uh, excuse my J.J. Walker uh, impression. But he was dynamite at Mississippi State, blocking kicks. He was one of those guys you could look at and be like, okay, all right, this guy's on a different level. Kind of the same way, uh, kind of the same way, If you know, for Ole Miss. Preston like, Smith. Uh, Preston Smith is very good, too. If, like, say for Ole Miss, whenever you saw Elon Manning play quarterback, you realized, all right, this guy's not just your average guy. So, um,
1: Or another good example would be Tyron Matthew. Tyron LSU. Matthew. Yeah, oh,
2: man. Oh, man, what a great, great college player. What a great story. Now yeah. that he's uh, really turned his
1: life around. Uh, for the better. Steven, what else you got for us in the news? Um, Have some sad news to report out of uh, the Florida Gator uh, situation. Uh, Jeremy Foley uh, will be stepping down after October 1st. That is effective then. He will be retiring as Florida's AD. And let's just go over real quick. Let me throw some numbers out, out at you. He has been their athletic director since 1992, Women's tennis, six national championships. Men's track and field, six. Football, three. Gymnastics, three. Men's basketball, two. Golf, two. Softball, two. Soccer, one. Women's uh, swimming and diving, one. And women's tennis, one. That is a total of 27 titles. Under Jeremy Foley, he has definitely done something right. Other than hiring Ron Zook and Will Muschamp, you could basically say he's had one of the best jobs as an AD in the entire SEC since 1990.
2: Yeah, i say he really compares with uh, Mal Moore of Alabama, another great athletic director. Yep. Uh, Jeremy Foley will be missed. It's going to be very interesting to see because, you know, really that 92, obviously Florida has some good success before 92, but – 92 on, uh, you know, those 90s and, and early 2000s, mid-2000s, late-2000s, Florida's been great. And so it's going to be interesting to see whenever the athletic director changes uh, how how it will work
1: out. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a very short break, and when we come back, we are going to talk with Matthew Tynan about the uh, NBA playoffs and get his take on the uh, Game 5 From last night, that and a whole lot more coming up on this edition of the Stingray and Tuck Show. Stay tuned. What's
0: up, everybody? This is Matthew Tynan from ESPN San Antonio and Real GM. And you're listening to the Stingray and Tuck Show. And you can only find it at StingrayandTuckShow.com.
1: Welcome back into the Stingray and Tuck Show, and now we are glad to be joined by Matthew Tynan to talk a little bit of NBA action. And Matt, are you doing okay today?
0: I'm doing well, Steven. How about
1: yourself? I'm doing quite well. All right, let's go on ahead and start. Uh, before we talk about Game 5, let's talk real quick about the uh, suspension of Draymond Green uh, for Game 5 last night. Uh, did you think... It should have been done any earlier, say around the OK City series.
0: Well, keep in mind that this suspension uh, was not for the act itself, it was for uh, a, a multiple acts. Um, this was his third flagrant foul of the playoffs, and by NBA rule, uh, you are to, to be suspended if you rack up three uh, or more flagrant fouls during the playoffs. So, so keep in mind that, you know, this wasn't just about the incident itself. It was about a collection of incidents. So, like, say, you know, say what happened to uh, Stephen Adams in the OKC series happened last night, then, yeah, he would have been suspended. But, uh, no, this, this goes right along with the timeline uh, in terms of how the NBA manages guys who are just excessively flagrant in their fouling.
1: All right, and going uh with game 5, staying there, how did you what was your overall thoughts about the game and are you surprised that the Cavs pulled one out in Oakland?
0: I'm not surprised. Uh, Draymond Green is incredibly important to uh to the Warriors. He he sort of unlocked everything they do on both sides of the ball. He's a great defender. Uh, he can defend multiple positions, and he sort of ties that defense together. Uh, Steph, Curry, and Klay Thompson were both talking about how he how well uh, Draymond communicates on defense. He lets them know where screens are. He, he's constantly talking, um, which is very important on the defensive end communication. Um, and then on the other hand. Uh, on the other hand, whenever we're talking about uh, whenever we're talking about the offensive end, look, he's not a he's not Steph Curry. He's not Clay Thompson, he's not gonna light you up from the three point line all day. But he's perfectly capable. Uh, you know, he is a shooter if he's open, he's a great passer, uh, he's very good at running that screen and roll with Steph Curry and, and getting Steph open looks, uh, which results in other open looks for guys like Klay Thompson, he's very valuable in the sense that they post him up a lot. Uh, They post him up and and it's called split action where they they give it to Draymond on the mid block and then guys are cutting to the basket around him, flaring for threes. He's just so valuable and can do so many things for that team that, that, uh, you know, if you ask me if I'm surprised that they lost without him on the floor, no, I'm not. Uh, The the Cleveland Cavaliers are really, really good, and if the Warriors' defense isn't at its peak form, and without Draymond, they are not at their peak form, uh, the Cavaliers can take advantage of that, and we saw it last night, they put up a ton of points on them in Oracle, and and the Warriors' defense has been awesome uh, during this postseason. But without Draymond, uh, they're, they're not quite as good. They're pretty average, actually. So, um, no, not not surprised at what ha- happened
1: last night. <clears throat> now that Cleveland has made the series interesting, do you think possibly they might could actually come back and win the whole thing?
0: Well, you know, they have a chance. They have, I mean, they have a really good chance to win at home. Um every team that plays at home in the postseason has an advantage. It's, it's just, um, it's so much, it's, it's a comfort thing uh, that is sort of unmatched in a lot of sports. Um, the NBA arenas get very, very loud. Uh, you're, you're comfortable in your own gym. So they can, you know, they can win at home. Uh, I think that that's, um, I think that's absolutely realistic. But, you know, unless, and keep in mind, Draymond is still on flagrant foul watch, so if he gets another one, he's, he's suspended again. Um, so he can't he can't be uh, he can't be going too crazy in this game, or, or else maybe you know something bad happens for Game Seven. But typically speaking, uh, in the finals, in the postseason, the home team in Game Seven almost always wins. It's just such an uphill battle for the for the visiting team. I think the Cavs. Can come back, but keep in mind, no team in NBA history has come back from a three-one deficit in the finals, um, and I don't think that there's going to be an exception here. I, I, you know, I think they have again, they have a good chance to win at home uh, in Game Six, but if there's a Game Seven at Oracle, man, I, I would put, I would put a lot of money on Golden State. taken a game seven, if you know, if everyone's healthy, if everyone's there, there's also the element now that Andrew Bogut is hurt. Uh, we don't know the status of him right now, but there's a chance that he might be out for the for the playoffs. It was a pretty ugly looking injury. Uh, we don't know the extent of it yet, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but that's also a big uh, a big factor here. Um, but I guess long story short, or long answer, <laughs> long answer short, yeah. Cleveland can come back, but I wouldn't. Put, I wouldn't bet on them in a in a Game Seven
1: at Oracle. All right, Matt. As always, you know a lot about the NBA. We want to thank you, of course, for coming on and stay in touch. Okay.
0: That sounds good, Stephen. We'll talk to y'all later. All right, thank
1: you. All right. Well, let's stay talking about the NBA and hear from some of the players on both sides. And I guess we will start uh, with the Draymond Green situation. Of course, that was a huge. Uh, statement going into uh, last night's game or I I should say it was a storyline around the game and here's what LeBron James was asked about uh, the absence of Draymond Green being on the floor and then of course we will hear later on from the Golden State side.
3: Uh, I think from a um, from a mental standpoint it wasn't about anybody that was on the floor Um, you know we just we had a mindset that we wanted to come in here and just try to extend our period, you know, and and have another opportunity to fight for another day. That was our main concern, and uh, we was able to do that.
1: Now, with the uh, Cavaliers facing elimination, if they didn't win, the question came up that um, how did this compare to the 2012 season when LeBron James faced a similar situation against the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Here's what LeBron James had to say about comparing this one to the one in 2012.
3: Uh, I think the the main thing is that we was able to give ourselves another chance. And, um, you know, going into Boston, being down 3-2, um, you know, we understood that, hey, listen, the season is over if we don't go out and try to take care of business. And uh, being a big part of our success, um, I had to, you know, come out and do some things that, Uh, to help us win that ball game. And uh, tonight was just another example of that. I understood the magnitude of this game. Um, I knew how great of a team we were playing, but, you know, I just had to come out and just, I know, my teammates trusted me. I trust them, and and that was the result of it.
1: Now, Cleveland did a wonderful job on the defensive end, and their spacing was wonderful, especially without Draymond Graham being in the game. But uh, the defensive side of the ball for Cleveland, they held – Golden State to only 36% shooting from the field and 33 from three-point range and also forced 17 turnovers. Here's what Kyrie Irving had to say about their outstanding defensive play against Golden State last night.
4: Um, I think our, our spacing was pretty good tonight um, in, in terms of uh, where guys were positioning in our weak side action, which I've been talking about almost this whole series waiting for it to happen, um, and, and, it, and it happened. And guys were in the spots, and it opened, and It allowed uh, myself and Bron to see a lot of driving lanes, but also if we saw guys coming over to help, we were ready to spray out to our, our teammates. Um, now, mind you, um, to repeat a, report, a performance like this would, you know, would definitely be tough, but um, whatever it takes to win, I know myself and he over there, is, as well as echoing to my teammates, are willing to do uh, we'll, we'll be very well prepared for game six. Um, but that's the only thing that's on our mind right now is, is is we're not satisfied. We understand the magnitude of what game six means for us at home. And uh, we know that it'll be an incredible level that they're going to play at, and we have to play at an even better level.
1: Now let's go into a little bit of the stats for the Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James played 43 minutes, had 41 points. That's almost unbelievable with his age and having almost or or nearly 1,200 games on those legs. And, of course, Kyrie Irving had 40 minutes, went 17 of 24 from the field and also had 41 points, and LeBron James said that this was by far the most uh, impressive performance he has seen in the playoffs in quite some time, and he was asked about what made it so unique and, and so great, and here's what LeBron James had to say about Kyrie Irving's performance last night in the playoffs, and remember Kyrie Irving has only played in six finals games. Here's what LeBron James had to say.
3: Just calm. Just calm for 48 minutes. Um, Obviously, he played 40 minutes, but even the eight minutes that he was sitting down, he was just calm. Uh, Timely bucket after bucket and led our team. Fourth quarter, um, I mean, he had timely shot after shot after shot uh, when those guys were trying to get back into the game defensively. Um, He was phenomenal as well, guarding Steph and and guarding the rest of those guys, whoever he was matched up on. Um, They tried to post him a few times with Harrison Barnes, and he was just made it tough on him. Got his hand on the ball a couple times in the post. He was just locked in on both sides of the floor. So um, that's what I saw, and uh, that's why I said what I said.
1: Now let's switch over, of course, to the Golden State side, who actually lost last night. And their demeanor was kind of really, really frustrated uh, because Draymond Green obviously wasn't in the game. He was suspended. And Klay Thompson for uh, Golden State had 37 points, but he was really frustrated about going 11 of 20 and here's what he had to say after the game about his frustrating night, and especially uh, down the stretch in the fourth quarter, he was not hitting the shots that he usually makes. Here's what Clay had to say in his frustration about last night's game
5: um, obviously, it feels good when your shot goes in. you know in the second half, there' was times I uh, should have you know settled for too many bad shots. Um, Obviously, it's frustrating, you know, you want to, I mean, you want to win here more than anything for your fans, you know, they deserve to see us win, but uh, you just, you know, suck it up and move on, we're still, you know, like Coach said after the game, take stock, we're still in a great position, and um, obviously, stings real bad, but we'll come back stronger.
1: Then, of course, Steph Curry was asked uh, about the performance of LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, both going for 41 points and uh curry was kind of uh just kind of nonchalant about it but he did say you got to tip your hat to him here's what curry had to say about the performance of james and irving last night
6: yeah you tip your hat to them they they had a, a great night um made some tough shots made some open shots that we you know we had miscommunication on and um you know they did what they did needed to do to to help the team get a win. So um, over the course of this series, we've done a pretty good job of of containing them and trying to you know force them into tough spots on the floor. Tonight they kind of overcame that, and um, you know we we like Clay said we like like our chances. Um, you know going forward, continue to just try to be us the best we can and and get one more win.
1: Now of course Clay Thompson had to guard Kyrie Irving and it seemed like all the shots that were contested by Clay Thompson Kyrie Irving made them straight up in his face. Here is what Clay Thompson had to say about uh defending against Irving and how it felt to have them knock them down in his face.
5: Um it happens, I mean He's a phenomenal player, especially on the offensive end, so it obviously stings and, you know, you watch the film and see what you could do better, but uh you don't let it deflate you for Thursday. You used to play the same hard nosed defense and try and make him just take the same contested shots. He was hitting, you know, give Kyrie credit, he was hitting tough floaters, turnarounds, and he just had a great game. Um, but you uh you definitely don't, you know, hold your head down. You gotta come out Thursday with the same mindset to play hard nose and try and you know, not limited to limit him to maybe 20, not 41.
1: Now, of course, both guys were asked uh, about the absence of Draymond Green and what it meant to the team uh, on the floor and the communication, because uh, there was a lot of communication errors. I'm first going to play for you, Steph Curry. And then I'm going to also play Clay Thompson. And they're both going to talk about the absence of Draymond Green in game five last night.
6: Uh, I mean, he's usually pretty obviously vocal. He's a center fielder in the back when he's able to see the whole floor. Um, tonight it was obviously different rotations. And we tried to, uh, adjust on the fly. you know with the different matchups but we we just didn't execute it as well um like you said there's a couple switches that we we're very lazy on and when when guys get hot like that if you don't kind of show up your defense especially in pivotal moments where you have momentum and can get you know one or two stops away from uh you know either taking the lead or Um, You know finishing quarters out strong or what-have-you that's when it comes back to to bite you so um, That's what happened tonight.
5: I mean, um, Draymond does a little bit of everything obviously his playmaking his rebounding his communication And his heart and soul so uh, obviously we missed him tonight big time It's not excuse though. We still you know Had an opportunity to win the game. Uh, We liked our position at halftime tied up still, you know, but I mean, Kyrie was great tonight, had my number, uh, hit some tough shots. But, you know, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it sometimes. You put your hand up and it just goes in. You know, and same with LeBron, we gave him, uh, he was hitting the shots we were giving him the first three games. and um, But we still like our chances. And, uh, but yeah, it's obviously a big void to fill without Draymond out there. And if um, Bogut, is there's a chance he's out Thursday, our bigs just going to have to step up. Um, been doing it all year.
1: And, of course, you heard uh, Clay Thompson mention uh, Andrew Bogut. He went down with an apparent knee or lower leg injury. We do not have an update on him uh, as of right now, but it looks like he may be out either Thursday's game or the remainder of the playoffs, and that could definitely hurt uh, as they move forward. And, of course, uh, Steph Curry was asked, was he surprised that LeBron James and Kyrie Irving kind of the same old questions, because, I mean, that was pretty much the focus of the press conference last night. Was he surprised that not only LeBron, but also Irving both had amazing nights? And here's what Curry had to say about their performance last night and moving forward into game six on Thursday.
6: Um, I mean, like Clay said, two talented players that – are capable of big games like that. You don't want it to happen on you or especially in a situation like tonight, but not, uh, I wouldn't say surprised because of what their you know talent level is um, and what they've shown in the past and, like you say, LeBron in and, and big games. So um, it sucks that it happened tonight with the opportunity we had in front of us to, to close out a series at home, in front of our home fans. And it's a tough feeling, but you work hard in the series early to – um put ourselves in this position again on on thursday um and we'll be ready we'll obviously watch the film and understand where the mishaps were especially on the defensive end against those two guys come out with confidence get the job done
1: and as always we want to remind you that tomorrow night at eight o'clock on abc game six from cleveland could be quite interesting, and as always, we want to also thank Cavs.com and, of course, GoldenStateWarriors.com for allowing us to pull this audio from you for you guys on the Stingray and Tuck Show, and now we are going to take a very short break, and when we come back, we are going to stop our NBA talk and talk a little Mississippi State baseball and what happened over the weekend in Starkville that allowed Mississippi State to miss out on going to Omaha that and a whole lot more coming up on the other side of the break and you're listening to the Stingray and Tuck Show. Hey, guys, this is Stingray, host of the Stingray and Tuck Show here to tell you about Oz Music in Tuscaloosa. They have new and used CDs, DVDs, LPs, posters, and quick special orders with a 10% discount. You can contact Oz Music at 758-1222. Once again, that's 758-1222. Oz Music supports your local record store. Oz Music is located in the Parkview Shopping Center behind Flowers Bakery in Tuscaloosa. Check them out.
2: Welcome back in to the Stingray and Tuck Show. We have in the uh, from the Commercial Dispatch, Ben Waite, Mississippi State beat Rider. Ben, how are you doing? I'm good.
7: Thanks for having me on, guys.
2: Absolutely. Ben, uh, we have had a really, really wonderful uh, you know past couple of days. Obviously, you, you were able to cover the Super Regional. Um, Stingray, start us off.
1: What happened to Mississippi State there late in the eighth, and of course in the ninth, tenth, and eleventh? That um, attributed to the meltdown and Mississippi State losing the super regional.
7: Yeah, I don't know if it was anything Mississippi State necessarily did. I think it's just the way Arizona did. If, if you watch the eighth, the ninth, the tenth, and eleventh, and you just watch the advance that the, the Arizona guys had, I mean they. They had good approaches. You know, you watched them. They fouled all everything Reed Humphreys threw at them. Now, I reached struck out a couple of them, but, but they made those bats last and last and last. And so the guys in the dugout just kind of got a good look at Ed Reed and his fastball and his breaking ball. So the guys behind them kind of had a good idea of, of what to do when they got it, you know, when they got it to the ninth inning and, and needed one run, they got it. Uh, Obviously, I, I think one of the things that in the eighteen, I think they left Rigby in there maybe a little bit too long. Uh, you know, it was a left hander that he was facing. I thought maybe after those back to back hits, a left hander up, maybe you go to to, to Daniel Brown in, in that situation. At that time, it didn't. Rigby just, just lets one get away, and the Angular guy just a- absolutely crushed it. So I, I don't know if there's anything necessarily there that Mr. did. I, I just think Arizona was. Who was just locked in and, and just had that mindset of, hey, we're about to come back and bring this game.
1: What was the mindset of the players after the game?
7: You know, bro, as close game, we talked to Grant Roker and Austin Texan, and, and they were obviously very disappointed. I mean, this is a team that it felt like the, the, the season should have ended in Omaha for then they, they felt patient. They, they should definitely make it all the way to Omaha. And so they were obviously disappointed and just upset with the way the season I ended. Mean, you can tell that it was just a, it was a real emotional time for Roker and Austin Texans, too. They really fought back tears as they were talking to us. Uh, uh, obviously, probably Austin Texans' last game in Mississippi State. He left, uh, left in the sixth inning with a 3 1 lead. It looked like he was well on his way to getting a victory and, and giving Mississippi State a, a, a chance in, in a third game to, to go to Omaha. So, yeah, I think they were they were honestly disappointing, but I think at the end of the day, they they're really proud of what, what they did. I mean, if you look at what this team did last year, you know, twenty four and thirty eight and twenty two in the SEC, don't even make the postseason, finish last in the SEC, and then they turn around and they win the SEC. So I think they have a lot to be proud of, a lot to hang their heads on, and hang their hats on. And I think they they you know they they kind of got the program back to you know where it needs to be in such a you know it's one down year. That, that's not what Mississippi State wants to see baseball on. So I think they kind of got it back. And I think you know next year there, there's going to be a lot of excitement for, for the guys that are back and the new guys coming in. They're all going to be poised and ready to kind of do it again. So I, I think that they're really happy with the, with the effort they put out there this
1: All right, moving forward to Omaha. Do you think Arizona is the uh, odds-on favorite to win it all now?
7: I don't know if they're the favorite one at all. I think they have a really good chance of, you know, if you look at that 2013 mystery state baseball team that Austin with Omaha ended up finishing second to, to UCLA, and this, this, this Arizona team is very similar to that team. They have some really good pitching. They're, they're doing an, enough offensively right now. And they're really catching fire right now. I think entering, they have won 11 of their last 12, so now I guess it's 13 of their last 14. Real similar to to kind of what Mississippi State did when you know when they entered when they entered Omaha they, they were just on a roll it looked like that nobody could really stop them so I, I don't know if their odds on favorite or not. I'm watching Florida Florida State game right now the uh, school is is uh, of the first that I said they wouldn't just this airs they won't know who's in that game I won't know who's in Omaha but I think you know there's some teams out there I think Oklahoma State has a chance I have heard a lot of people talk about them. Uh, and to be honest, if you're one of the eight teams that make it Omaha, you got a you got a reasonable shot to win. it. Baseball is just one of those sports, where there's so much parity, and, and, and you know, you, your best can be somebody else's best any day of the week, and or or vice versa. You know, your 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 lead can be somebody's best. It it just depends on what happens that day in baseball. So I think anything anything is is possible once you get to Omaha.
2: Ben, um, you know, with, with it seems like now with the team obviously losing what is it, eleven drafted, um, and now at the moment three assistant coaches leaving. Uh, do you think the team is going to regress like dramatically? Um, you know, what's what are you kind of looking at for next season? Yeah,
7: like I said, I think they they kind of got it back on track, and people will be you know the guys coming back will be ready to get it back out there. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's going to be a big regression. I think obviously they're probably going to take a step back. I mean. When you win the FCC, I guess if you don't come back that next year and, and win the FCC, it kind of is a step back. Uh, and, you know, it's not saying that they can't win the FCC next year, but it, it's going to be really tough. Uh, you know, I, when you lose 11 guys that were on the team that won, won a conference championship, that is really tough to overcome. Uh, they're going to have some, some really good pitch, uh, the pitching staff that I think is going to be solved. They're going to be young, a lot of, you know, sophomores and freshmen. Uh, there'll be a couple of the coming out at both in, but um, is, is they feel good, I think, about their pitching staff, and then when you talk about the nucleus of, you know, Jake Mangum, Hunter Stovall, Eli and Luke Alexander, full freshman position players, they did see playing time this year and kind of got their feet wet. Uh, they feel comfortable about that, and, you, you know, you talk about a uh, Cody Brown, who's, you know, will be a senior next year, and many expect Jack Kruger to be back and Brent to be back with the guys were drafted, but, wouldn't be surprised to see them back. So I think they'll, they'll have some pieces and they have some, some pieces going in with, with the signing class. It, it's going to take them a little bit of time, I think, uh, uh, to, to you know figure out where they're at. Maybe kind of like this year's uh, Mississippi State team. I mean, they, they obviously uh, kind of struggle early in the season, kind of find themselves as a, when they get SEC play. So it, it could be something similar to that next year. All
1: right. Moving on to football, of course, we had the big news uh, late Saturday night. What is the situation with the assistant recruiter Rob Gibson being arrested on DUI? What are you hearing about that situation?
7: Yeah, talking to Mr. they're obviously aware of it, but no comment coming. Uh, I, to be honest, I have no clue uh, what, what they're going to do with, with that situation. Uh, and there has been some, I guess, some precedent with, with, with assistant coaches or, or people on the staff. And granted, he's just a recruiting specialist, not. Not, not technically a coach, uh, but I believe a uh, Mark who we met was his name, and he was uh, maybe director of football operations or something along that line. He got a, he got a DUI, I think, before the 2011 season. He ended up resigning uh, and yeah. and going back to his hometown. Uh, but it, at the end, the, the charges were dropped, so I don't really know how it's going to shake out for for Gibson. Obviously, a guy who was hired in February, so you know, he's only only on the job for you know four or five months, and it's not good to. to to, to be in legal trouble troubles already, so I don't know how Dan will handle it. It'll be interesting, but at the end of the day, is you know, it's not saying no, nothing. Nothing is good about drinking and driving, but no. uh, it's it, it's it's not it's not murder. It's not really granted a, a felony at this point in time. I think it's his his first DUI as well. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if nothing really happens to give them, but. They keep him on, but who knows? I mean, this, this could have been it. Ben could have, could have seen that and wanted to say, hey, we, we're not going to tolerate that and let him go. So uh, it, it will be
1: interesting to see what happens. All right, and we do have one final question for you.
2: Uh, ben, you know, with obviously with the satellite camps uh, kind of coming more and more of a, of a discussion, uh, you know, Michigan obviously hosted one along with, I believe it was Mississippi State, it was there along uh, in Pearl, Mississippi. Um, and, and according to Jim Harbaugh, uh, said it was one of the best satellite camps that, it, that there has been this year. Um, you know, obviously, people in the SEC kind of want the other teams to stay away uh, because there is more rich talent here. Uh, what is your overall view for satellite camps? What, what is your opinion on that?
7: Yeah, you know, I, obviously, you know, <laughs> Jim, Jim Harbaugh and the Big team, they they want those because they, they, they want the chance to come down in the, in the south where there's obviously a lot of the uh, – talented players and get a chance to kind of see some guys that uh, you know that you know, if they just travel to individual high schools it would be a little bit difficult for them if they can get them on one place. So it helps out but yeah I think at the end of the day though in my personal opinion there, there probably are some shady things going on at the, these satellite camps you know you're obviously coaches are not supposed to recruit at these camps they're only supposed to be there and watch they I don't even think they can call to the players at all they're just supposed to so watching that, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if, if there are some of these coaches that are recruiting. And they are talking to these kids. So uh, I think it. But from the other standpoint, it's just good for the kids. that It does get them some exposure that then maybe they they wouldn't. But you know, a lot of these guys that that Jim Harbaugh and and these other coaches want to go see when they go to these satellite camps. They've already seen them on the film. They already know about these kids. So I, I don't know. Quite technically, if I, if I buy the, you know, trying to get these, these kids who, who don't have a chance or who may not get noticed otherwise, I, I don't know if I quite buy that. Sometimes the, you could show up to a satellite can, and there'll be a guy that was, was basically off the radar that kind of jumps onto the radar at that point in time. So I, I think it could be a double-edged sword, but I think at the end of the day after this season, I, I think they're going to come back and revisit that, that and they're really going to have to talk about that.
2: Yeah, and, and Ben, before we let you go, uh, we do have a question. Are you going to be attending SEC Media Days? Do you know that yet? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah,
7: I'll, I'll be there. I haven't missed Media Days since, uh, since I, I came on the beat. So, yeah, I will, I will
2: definitely be in favor. Awesome. Well, we will make sure we try to keep you guys up to date uh, with what's going on with Ben Wade there at SEC Media Days. Uh, ben Wade, obviously a great, awesome professional, knows his football, knows his baseball, knows everything
1: Mississippi State. Ben, thank you so much for coming on today. And, of course, Hell State to you.
7: Thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys.
1: All right. We are going to take a very short break. When we come back, we are going to play a game we like to call
7: What's More Likely?
1: That and a whole lot more coming up on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Stingray and Tuck Show.
2: Hey, MSU fans and alumni. This is Lennon Tucker from the Stingray and Tuck Show. Look, Cowbell Clothing has awesome cowbell embroidered polos and T-shirts, they also have caps and unique Cowbell logo items such as belts, bags. They even have pet accessories. All you have to do is go to cowbellclothing.com and get yours today. Welcome back into the Stingray and Tuck Show. Uh, we are about to play a game called What's More Likely. Uh, a kind of game, obviously, it's played in real life. But with a Stingray and Tuck Show edition, I'm going to ask Steven some questions. And he's going to choose which scenario is more likely. You ready, Steve? I sure am. Are you okay? I'm good. I choked on a bug there for a second. All right. Here we go. Steven, what's more likely? Mississippi State, who starts the season with South Alabama, South Carolina, and LSU, goes 0-3 to start the season, or Ole Miss, who starts with Florida State, Wofford, and Alabama goes 3-0. So what's more likely? Mississippi State going 0-3, or
1: Ole Miss going 3-0? You know, man, I think it's more likely that Mississippi State goes 0-3, but I don't think that happens at all. I think Mississippi State and Ole Miss both win one or two in that. But but back to the question, um, I don't see Ole Miss beating Florida State and Alabama. Mm.
2: Gotcha. What about you? Uh, I think it's much more likely Mississippi State starts off 0-3 because Ole Miss beating Florida State and Alabama mm, – almost impossible. I don't see that happen. So Mississippi State 013. All right. Um Miss or Steven, what's more likely? Uh, with MSU losing so much in baseball, right. losing so much talent and coaching. What's more likely? Is it more likely that Mississippi State goes back to the field of 64 NCAA baseball tournament next year or that the instant that the men's basketball team reaches the 64 team tournament? even with a
1: Malik Newman transfer. What's more likely? Which one of those teams advances, you think? Basketball, no doubt. Why so? Because of the outstanding recruiting class, Mississippi State, that's coming in in college basketball. And like we talked about with Ben Waite earlier, they lose a lot, a lot on the diamond. Absolutely.
2: Okay, Steven, what's more likely? NFL, this is NFL, what's more likely? Okay. This is going to be a good one. What's more likely? Cam Newton. Gets his second MVP in a row,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or the Denver Broncos go back to the Super Bowl, even with Peyton Manning not, or Peyton Manning retiring, and Von Miller possibly sitting out the entire
1: 2016 season due to contract. I think Cam Newton gets his third MVP because he second MVP, excuse me, because he plays in a league, the NFC South, that is just absolutely garbage <laughs> on defense. Yeah, it, it'd be very interesting. Cam's pretty awesome. I really like him
2: having him in the NFL. He's just he's, No one's really like him. Uh, I agree with that. I agree. It's going to be tough for Denver to go back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very tough. All right. Steven, what's more likely? Or actually, pardon me. That was what's more likely. This is a would you rather question for you.
1: Okay. Would you rather
2: spend an afternoon in the left field lounge? All right. We had fun over there Saturday. Yes. Really, really beautiful over there. We're like very, very interesting Sights and smells. It smells delicious, but barbecue. All right, would you rather spend an afternoon in the left-field lounge or spend an afternoon in a studio with Paul Feinbaum?
7: Ooh,
1: that's, wow. Uh, holy cow. What, what would you say?
2: <laughs> you know, i tell you what, i you know, from Mississippi State, and I love the fans, I love the left-field lounge, but I, I do enjoy me some sports talk in a quiet studio, so I'm going to go with Paul Feinbaum.
1: Sorry, guys. I'd have to agree there too. You get to see pe- more people will see you on the Paul Feinbaum show and more nationally. But uh, we did have great a great time in Leftville Lounge, like we said. But uh, I think I have to go with uh, Paul on that one. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: That is What's More Likely. Make sure you can send in your What's More Likely questions to us on Twitter and Facebook, um, and also your Would Your Rather questions. We will answer them uh,
1: live on air, so that be, that'd be, that must be really awesome. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Stingray and Tuck Show. We hope you've really enjoyed it. We also want to uh, remind you that we are going to take a short break from doing the show until around the mid part of July, maybe around the 11th through the 14th, somewhere in there, uh, surrounding media days, so, uh, make sure that you, uh, do keep up with us though, cause we're not going away completely, we will have, uh, a lot of content on our Facebook page, uh, at, at, which is the Stingray Tuck Show. And obviously our Twitter page, which
2: is just at Stingray Tuck. So, uh, of course our website, show.com Make sure you kind of keep in touch with all of those things. Uh, we'll be doing some Facebook live videos. Kind of see you mentioned, uh, and we will make sure that we keep up with you guys. going awesome.
1: Thank you. And, uh, we will see you back here in July. We hope you have a great summer. Stay cool because it's going to be a hot one. uh, Like we've talked about before, it's going to be hot, hot, hot. So we'll see you back here in July on the Stingray and Tuck Show. See you then. L State, Roll Tide, and everything else. Hey guys, this is Stingray, host of the Stingray and Tuck Show. Are you tired of Facebook groups with members that constantly attack you about sports? Leave them and come join us at Sports Talk 365 where there will be no attacking, there will be no trolling, there will be no post about racism, politics, or even religion. Just straight sports talk. So if you're
6: interested, come on and join us. You must be 18 or older to join.